Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber, and I will soon be joined by my co-host, Paul Herman. This is episode 62 of our show. We're going to enter phase two on our road to Infinity War as we discuss Iron Man 3. But before we get to that, I have some people to thank. So thank you very much to our new patrons, Sage Taylor, Sharky, and Christian Rodriguez over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And I also want to announce a few winners. Patrick Branley, Tim Costello, Maurice Lee, TJ Ponder, and Mark Lemke. They are the patrons from our Patreon page who won free digital copies of Thor of Thor Ragnarok. So we had some we had some free digital copies for the Voodoo viewing party. I've sent you all messages with your details on your winnings there so you can claim your digital copies of Thor Ragnarok. So congratulations to all five of you. Hope you enjoy the movie uh, again. And of course, uh, the great thing about being part of our Patreon is that when we do have opportunity to do giveaways with that, we always hold some and reserve some stuff for our patrons. Also, uh, by supporting our Patreon, you have the opportunity to get exclusive content, including our Patreon credit scenes, which is extra content that follows each and every regular episode that we do. So on these Road to Infinity War episodes, as we're revisiting all these Marvel movies, we take some time to first discuss some of the latest Marvel Studios news that's out there. Like for this week, we talk about some of the cast from Infinity War being on Good Morning America and what we expect to see since we know it's not going to be a trailer. We start uh, offering some possibilities on that. But we also talk about the connections between the film we just discussed. So for this episode, that's Iron Man 3 and how that will carry through to Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4. We also have Patreon entire episodes that are going to be Patreon exclusive, including our Black Panther Q&A episode that will be coming up, which of course is a big follow-up from our uh, Black Panther spoiler review on the Road to Infinity War that we did back in episode 61, our last episode. So I hope you'll all check that out at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And the last thing I have to say about that is just in case you're wondering if you where all how you'll get all this exclusive content it's actually really easy to manage you will get once you sign up you'll actually get your own private RSS uh, HTML link that you can use you can put that RSS feed into any podcatcher that lets you subscribe just via RSS and that of course includes Apple Podcasts and pretty much all the leading podcatchers out there so that way because And we post all the regular episodes on that feed as well. So you can have one feed that gets you all of the content that you're able to get based on your Patreon, your, the Patreon tier that you choose. So you'll get all the regular episodes plus all of the bonus content. It's super, super easy. And lastly, I just want to let you all know where you can keep up with us. It, you can catch us every day at marvelstudiosnews.com where I'm writing articles about the MCU. You can find us on Facebook at Marvel Studios News, and you can find us on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. And uh, we also appreciate all the support you show us, whether you're on Patreon or you're just listening to this show. We really appreciate it. And if you're on iTunes, we would certainly love a rating and a review from all of you, our dear listeners, our true believers. So that's it for me. I promise I'm done with plugging our Patreon and everything else. Let's get on with our conversation about Iron Man 3. All right, Paul, you ready for phase two? Uh, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were wondering if we're ever truly honest on this show, you got it right there. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into, uh, it's funny after skipping ahead to Black Panther, we're now back to the start of phase two on a road to infinity war talking about, uh, talking about Iron Man three. Um, well, I don't want to get into what we think about the movie, although you probably those of you who follow us for any length of time probably have a pretty good idea of, of what's coming. But be, as always, Paul, before we get into the movie itself, so mm-hmm. put the movie out of your mind for the next several minutes, let's go oh, back oh. to the buildup, um, because mm-hmm. this is a completely different scenario than all the other movies we've been talking about, because this is after Avengers, and this was a very different time in terms of the overall perception of Marvel Studios because we talked about in all of our phase one uh, phase one road to infinity war episodes that there was still all this skepticism was it going to work who you know like everybody wanted it to work but didn't necessarily trust that it was all going to work out well it worked out and it was huge and after 2012 
Marvel was on top of the world because not only did Avengers outgross all the previous Marvel movies, it outgrossed The Dark Knight Rises that year, and The Avengers to this day, at least as of this recording, still remains the highest grossing superhero movie of all time, both worldwide and uh, domestically. So you know, with Marvel kind of riding high after The Avengers and they had announced uh, a bunch of movies at Comic-Con, like they had announced Guardians of the Galaxy, like we were clearly in a much different, uh, it, you know, just the conversation about Marvel Studios had changed. Yeah, it's... It was it was a movie that definitely was had a lot of hype because you got to remember Iron Man one and two was one of those things where it was you know they're they're very successful obviously the first one being a giant surprise hit as big as it was anyway Iron Man two was was definitely definitely financially successful but then you had the quasi Avengers uh, movie or I call it quasi Iron Man three, the Avengers, which put everything in every hero afterwards in in the upper stratosphere of um, Americans, America, America's hearts and the world's hearts, essentially, you know, I mean, it's crazy. And Iron Man three was, was, I was obviously the first movie out the gate post Avengers, which I remember being just over the moon, ridiculously excited about this movie and it's one of those things where it maybe expectations were set so high after the first post avengers movie which at this point is like just bonkers nuts Mm -hmm. um it's it just it's just everyone was anticipating you know what we're gonna see from marvel next but not just that but i think the story i think especially tony since tony was you know basically the hero of the avengers you know of of helping shut down the portal and taking the nuke and nuking all the uh chintari uh chintari chitari excuse me sweet sweet chin music right Uh, (laughs) that's a a reference for you sean Um, thank you no yeah no problem no problem so um but no i i think that um it was just one of those things where i remember being really stupid excited for this movie and um, I think just, you know, just knowing what they're going to do from a from a, you know, from an armor standpoint, because we all know that this is going to be a giant, uh, you know, marketed toy movie with all the armors that you can have with Tony. You knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be armor. So there are so many like aesthetic uh, exciting aesthetic things and there's so many exciting story possibilities that you just didn't know what, you know, what was going to happen. Like, what are they going to? You know, how is this going to tie in? And then, you know, you get, you know, we'll get, I guess, I don't know if you want to go into the rumors now about the villain, but, you know, you start hearing like, you know, who's the main villain going to be? And you, and as an Iron Man fan, now I want to stress this to people. I'm not the biggest Iron Man fan, but I do know the character pretty well before um, the movie came out. I have read and had a number of uh, Iron Man comic books. So I knew where they were going to kind of go. Obviously they went with, um, you know, the first one they went Ironmonger, which is, you know, not the not his A-list villain. I'm like, okay, Whiplash was the next one, or Backla- uh, Backlash, which he, he's been... I know there's, like, different names for these different people, but anyway, Whiplash. And he was definitely not a top-tier villain. And then, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're, they're still dancing around the big one. And mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff, Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So What? Yeah. Is that... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah the, Mandarin was around, the Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in, like, Comic-Con 2006, oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings. That's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies. I would love for 
uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Um, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the, in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because, you know, I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean, he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about uh, Shane Black coming in. And then, yeah, finally, when we were going to get the Mandarin, and not only were we were getting the Mandarin, but he was being played by Ben Kingsley, who's just amazing. Yep. Um so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, now we're really, really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin. I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know, a, a, a character like the Mandarin. I mean, he could have played anybody in the comic book genre. Well, I mean, not anybody. I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America. But, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge... I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the, uh, in at comic con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth. And I loved it. I was like, Oh man, I love just the, re- the, the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth right in the middle of the convention floor. Like, just rotating <laughs> and like I remember like mm. taking pictures of it like and taking video like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it because I was just like I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me um and another thing that got teased that was really really cool was the idea of extremists coming into it uh because yes. obviously that being such a huge uh Iron Man story from Warren Ellis like you just knew like it just seemed like okay they're really going all out they're taking one of they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like, I think they're really going to do, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what, when everybody else saw, you know, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're still dancing around the big one. And, Mm -hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin oh, was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten uh, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like I would be all for that. Uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I I had loved Shane Black. I mean obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a, a character like the Mandarin I mean he could have played anybody in the comic book genre well I mean not anybody I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America but I mean there's a lot of different 
uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the uh, in at Comic-Con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth. And I loved it. I was like, "Oh man, I love just the re- the the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth, right in the middle of the convention floor, like just rotating. <laughs> and like I remember, like mm. taking pictures of it, like and taking video, like as it was going around, and then just keep going back and staring at it because I was just like, I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me. Um, and another thing that got teased that was really really cool was the idea of Extremis coming into it. Uh, because obviously that being such a huge, uh, Iron Man story from Warren Ellis, like you just knew, like, it just seemed like, okay, they're really going all out. They're taking one of, they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time, as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together, uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like, I think they're really going to do, uh, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what when everybody else saw, you know, uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion. But I saw it in that first trailer, and I will I say to this day, that first Iron Man three teaser that was released in October of 2012 is still one of Marvel's best trailers. I think it's still one of the absolute yeah. best trailers. I remember just thinking. I mean, trailer reactions weren't really a thing back then, but if they were, like, people would, you would have just seen so many people on YouTube just being like, holy shit, with the way, with that <laughs> attack on Tony Stark's mansion. And then, of course, like, and the Mandarin sounded so cool in that. Like, with the oh, whole, God, he looked awesome. Like, yeah. Heroes, there's no such thing. Boom. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. my God. So I just. You know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're, they're still dancing around the big one. And. Mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man Two is where it left off for Favreau in the in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a, a character like the Mandarin I mean he could have played anybody in the comic book genre well I mean not anybody I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America but I mean there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that, or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge, I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the uh, in at comic con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth. 
and I loved it. I was like, oh man, I love just the, the, the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth right in the middle of the convention floor, like just rotating. (laughs) And like, I remember like Mm. taking pictures of it, like and taking video, like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it. Cause I was just like, I don't know why this just seems really, really cool to me. Um, and another thing that got teased that was really, really cool was the idea of extremists coming into it. Uh, because obviously that being such a huge, uh, Iron Man story from Warren Ellis, like you just knew, like, it just seemed like, okay, they're really going all out. They're taking one of, they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time, as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together, uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like, I think they're really going to do, uh, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what when everybody else saw, you know, uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion. But I saw it in that first trailer, and I will I say to this day that first Iron Man three teaser that was released in October of 2012 is still one of Marvel's best trailers. I think it's still one of the absolute yeah. best trailers. I remember just thinking. I mean, trailer reactions weren't really a thing back then, but if they were, like, people would, you would have just seen so many people on YouTube just being like, holy shit, with the way, with that <laughs> attack on Tony Stark's mansion. And then, of course, like, and the Mandarin sounded so cool in that. Like, with, oh, the whole, God, he looks awesome. Like, yeah. Heroes, there's no such thing. Boom. It's oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my God. So I just remember, yeah, like, in the wake of the, with all that momentum from the Avengers and the Mandarin coming in and Extremis and then just an incredible first teaser trailer. Yeah, we. I mean, we were still several months out from Iron Man three, but I was amped up. Yeah, the tr- I, I totally agree with you. Um, when I heard Ben Kingsley was was uh, cast as the Mandarin, I was I was like, huh, they're going obviously a different direction than people who you know. Obviously, the Mandarin is, is Asian descent, obviously. Um, but there was um, they're going to go with more of a, a, a terrorist, uh, you know, kind of a angle, and also they wanted to have him kind of represent like kind of a. You know the a, a different. I forgot the, the main reason why he he chose the name Mandarin, but I I, I remember thinking like that oh, makes sense. It was he, it was rooted like he was named himself after some you know uh, something like along those lines. I forgot what it was, but I remember being like, okay, this is different. Ben Kingsley is obviously a great actor. Um, this is interesting. This is cool. And the terrorist the terrorist aspect I really thought was interesting because you had all these different things like um. The armor, uh, or not the armor, but the uh, the fact he had this idea of this man who represented uh, anarchy, because there was that he has that tattoo on the back of his neck of the Captain America shield and the anarchy A symbol in the middle instead of like a regular or instead of a star, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And I really thought, oh man, like they're going they're going at it a di- this you know what would happen you know a- as a uh, you know, kind of like the Dark Knight, if you will, right? Like the Joker was the answer to Batman. I felt like they were going with the, you know, what, here is the answer to Iron Man, like in superheroes, is hey, this guy is a uh, terrorist. He's gonna want to strike these these heroes, you know, and strike the heart of what makes them, you know, basically strike them when he, when they couldn't find him. So that terrorist angle really got me intrigued and like I'm like, man, that makes Mandarin even more like to me menacing and interesting as a terrorist opposed to like a guy with magic rings. You know, and so I I love that aspect of it. The trailer definitely sold you, at least in my opinion. That's what we felt. That's what I felt like we were getting, and I got really excited for a, a little more of a deep, a deeper understanding of of uh, a little deeper Iron Man film, if you will. And I was like, oh, they're going, they're kind of going for more of a serious aspect with this, and I think that's cool. And and so. The trailer got me really excited because he had multiple ar- armors, which I, you know, one of my favorite comics uh, to read as a kid was Iron Man 300. And it's the issue where it, it's a, this is like in the mid 90s. And basically, Iron Man is taking on Metallo. Metallo, I think. I think it's his name. Oh, Ultimo. That's it. Uh, uh, Metallo is a uh, Superman yeah. villain. No, Ultimo is his name. He's this big, giant robot. And he, and he basically hit all like people like Happy. I think Happy's in it. Uh, they all a bunch of people get into armor and they all try to fight. Uh, I'm gonna call him again, Ultimo. And then, um, then he, you know, they all get these old Iron Man armor and they all attack, you know, Ultimo. 
And I, there's a scene where you see all the Iron Man, you know, fly together. And I got really excited. I'm like, man, this is going to be just a really crazy, nutty, like, you know, movie, Iron Man movie with a little bit of serious, you know, tint to it. So I got really excited. And like you, I, I definitely haven't watched the trailer in a long time, but I definitely got very, very excited. Yeah, and then, of course, there was... I don't remember if this was in the teaser or if it was in the second trailer. I think it was still in the teaser of, like, all the different armors showing up. Um, yeah, like, I remember just being totally, totally up for that. I, I was never as big on the whole, like, Iron Patriot thing because I was like, man, we just saw War Machine. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that was weird. I, I was not... You know? I mean, I look, within the narrative of the movie, it ultimately made sense. So it's like, it's okay, but I just, like, from a... From a marketing standpoint, like just in the build up to it, I wasn't as excited about that idea because I was like, we only just got War Machine, like full blown War Machine, uh, in the last bit of Iron Man two. So I wanted to see, I wanted to see more of that. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was crazy that that build up to Iron Man three. Yeah, tonally. You know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're still dancing around the big one, and. Mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah the Mandarin was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the uh, in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I I had loved Shane Black. I mean obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a, a character like the Mandarin I mean he could have played anybody in the comic book genre well I mean not anybody I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America but I mean there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that, or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge, I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the uh, in at comic con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth. And I loved it. I was like, oh man, I love just the rever- the the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth, right in the middle of the convention floor, like just rotating. <laughs> and like I remember, like mm. taking pictures of it, like and taking video, like as it was going around, and then just keep going back and staring at it because I was just like, I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me. Um, and another thing that got teased that was really really cool was the idea of Extremis coming into it. Uh, because yes. obviously that being such a huge uh, Iron Man story from Warren Ellis, like you just knew, like it just seemed like okay, they're really going all out. They're taking one of, they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time, as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like I think they're really going to do. Uh, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what when everybody else saw, you know, uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion. But I saw it in that first trailer, 
And I will, I say to this day, that first Iron Man 3 teaser that was released in October of 2012 is still one of Marvel's best trailers. I think it's still one of the absolute yeah. best trailers. I remember just thinking, I mean, trailer reactions weren't really a thing back then, but if they were, like people, would, you would have just seen so many people on YouTube just being like, holy shit. With the way, with that attack <laughs> on Tony Stark's mansion, and then of course, like, and the Mandarin sounded so cool in that, like, with the oh whole, god, he looked awesome, like, yeah. Heroes, there's no such thing. Boom, it's oh. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my god. So I just remember, yeah, like in the wake of the, with all that momentum from the Avengers and the Mandarin coming in and Extremis, and then just an incredible first teaser trailer. Yeah, we, I mean, we were still several months out from Iron Man three, but I was amped up. Yeah, the tr- I, I totally agree with you. Um, when I heard Ben Kingsley was was uh, cast as the Mandarin, I was I was like, huh, they're going in obviously a different direction. The people who you know, obviously the Mandarin is, is Asian descent, obviously. Um, but there was um, they're going to go with more of a, a, a terrorist, uh, you know, kind of a angle, and also they wanted to have him kind of represent like kind of a. You know the a, a different. I forgot the, the main reason why he he chose the name Mandarin, but I I, I remember thinking like that oh, makes sense. It was it, it was rooted like he was named himself after some you know uh, something like along those lines. I forgot what it was, but I remember being like, okay, this is different. Ben Kingsley's obviously a great actor. Um, this is interesting. This is cool. And the terrorist the terrorist aspect I really thought was interesting because you had all these different things like. Um, the armor, uh, or not the armor, but the uh, the fact he had this idea of this man who represented uh, anarchy because there was that he has that tattoo on the back of his neck of the Captain America shield and the anarchy A symbol in the middle instead of like a regular or instead of a star, um, which I thought was really interesting. And I really thought, oh man, like they're going they're going at it. A di- this you know what would happen you know a- as a uh, you know, kind of like the Dark Knight, if you will, right? Like the Joker was the answer to Batman. I felt like they were going with the, you know, what, here is the answer to Iron Man, like in superheroes is, hey, this guy is a uh, terrorist. He's going to want to strike these these heroes, you know, and strike the heart of what makes them, you know, basically strike them when they, when they couldn't find him. So that terrorist angle really got me intrigued and like, I'm like, man, that makes Mandarin even more like to me menacing and interesting as a terrorist opposed to like a guy with magic rings, you know? And so I, I love that aspect of it. The trailer definitely sold you, at least in my opinion, that's what we felt. That's what I felt like we were getting. And I got really excited for a little more of a deep, a deeper understanding of, of uh, a little deeper Iron Man film, if you will. And I was like, oh, they're going, they're kind of going for more of a serious aspect with this. And I think that's cool. And and so the trailer got me really excited because he had multiple ar- armors, which I, you know, one of my favorite comics uh, to read as a kid was Iron Man three hundred, and it's the issue where. It, it's a, this is like in the mid nineties and basically Iron Man is taking on Metallo, Metallo, I think, I think it's his name. Oh, Ultimo. That's it. Uh, that's uh, Metallo is a uh, Superman yeah. villain. No, Ultimo is his name. He's this big giant robot. And he, and he basically hit all like people like happy. I think happy's in it. Uh, they all, a bunch of people get into armor and they all try to fight. Uh, I'm going to call it again. Ultimo. And then, um, then he, you know, they all get these old Iron Man armor and they all attack, you know, Ultimo. And I, there's a scene where you see all the Iron Man, you know, fly together. And I got really excited. I'm like, man, this is going to be just a really crazy, nutty, like, you know, movie, Iron Man movie with a little bit of serious, you know, uh, tint to it. So I got really excited. And like you, I, I definitely haven't watched the trailer in a long time, but I definitely got very, very excited. Yeah. And then, of course, there was I don't remember if this was in the teaser or if it was in the second trailer. I think it was still in the teaser of like all the different armors showing up. Um, yeah. Like I remember just being totally Totally up for that. I, I was never as big on the whole like Iron Patriot thing because I was like, man, we just saw War Machine. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that I, was weird. I was not. You know? I mean, I look within the narrative of the movie, it ultimately made sense. So it's like it's okay, but I just like from a from a marketing standpoint, like just in the build up to it, I wasn't as excited about that idea because I was like, we only just got War Machine, like full blown War Machine. Uh, in the last bit of Iron Man Two, so I wanted to see, I wanted to see more of that. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was crazy that that build up to Iron Man Three. Yeah, tonally, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're still dancing around the big one, and mm-hmm. 
I remember John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man Two is where it left off for Favreau in the in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um, so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a, a character like the Mandarin I mean he could have played anybody in the comic book genre well I mean not anybody I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America but I mean there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that, or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge, I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the uh, in at Comic Con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth, and I loved it. I was like, oh man, I love just the re- the the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth right in the middle of the convention floor, like just rotating. <laughs> and like I remember like mm. taking pictures of it, like and taking video like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it cuz I was just like, I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me. Um and another thing that got teased that was really really cool was the idea of Extremis coming into it. Uh, because yes. obviously that being such a huge uh, Iron Man story from Warren Ellis, like you just knew, like it just seemed like okay, they're really going all out. They're taking one of, they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time, as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like I think they're really going to do. Uh, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what when everybody else saw, you know, uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion. But I saw it in that first trailer, and I will I say to this day, that first Iron Man three teaser that was released in October of 2012 is still one of Marvel's best trailers. I think it's still one of the absolute yeah. best trailers. I remember just thinking. I mean, trailer reactions weren't really a thing back then, but if they were, like, people would, you would have just seen so many people on YouTube just being like, holy shit, with the way, with that <laughs> attack on Tony Stark's mansion. And then, of course, like, and the Mandarin sounded so cool in that. Like, with, oh, the whole, God, he looked awesome. Like, yeah. Heroes, there's no such thing. Boom. It's oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my God. So I just remember, yeah, like, in the wake of the, with all that momentum from the Avengers and the Mandarin coming in and Extremis and then just an incredible first teaser trailer. Yeah, we. I mean, we were still several months out from Iron Man three, but I was amped up. Yeah, the tr- I, I totally agree with you. Um, when I heard Ben Kingsley, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're, they're still dancing around the big one. And mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? 
Yeah. Is that? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. The Mandarin oh, was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings. That's right. The yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah. yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there you. in in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization. It had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And and of course that became the thing with with Iron Man three. But but also we had a huge director change. Like we went from John Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had. Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man Two is where it left off for Favreau in the in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a, a character like the Mandarin I mean he could have played anybody in the comic book genre well I mean not anybody I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America but I mean there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that, or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge, I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the uh, in at Comic Con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth, and I loved it. I was like, oh man, I love just the re- the the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth right in the middle of the convention floor, like just rotating. <laughs> and like I remember like mm. taking pictures of it, like and taking video like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it cuz I was just like, I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me. Um and another thing that got teased that was really really cool was the idea of Extremis coming into it. Uh, because obviously that being such a huge, uh, Iron Man story from Warren Ellis, like you just knew, like, it just seemed like, okay, they're really going all out. They're taking one of, they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time, as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together, uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like, I think they're really going to do, uh, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what when everybody else saw, you know, uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion. But I saw it in that first trailer, and I will I say to this day, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're still dancing around the big one, and mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff, Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So What? Yeah. Is that... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah the, Mandarin oh, was around, the Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in, like, Comic-Con 2006, oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings. That's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah And the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like I would be all for that. 
because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the, in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know, I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean, he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about uh, Shane Black coming in. And then, yeah, finally, when we were going to get the Mandarin, and not only were we were getting the Mandarin, but he was being played by Ben Kingsley, who's just amazing. Yep. Um and so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, now we're really, really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin. I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know, a, a, a character like the Mandarin. I mean, he could have played anybody in the comic book genre. Well, I mean, not anybody. I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America. But, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge... I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the, uh, in at comic con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth. And I loved it. I was like, Oh man, I love just the, re- the, the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth right in the middle of the convention floor. Like, just rotating <laughs> and like I remember like mm. taking pictures of it like and taking video like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it because I was just like I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me um and another thing that got teased that was really really cool was the idea of extremists coming into it uh because yes. obviously that being such a huge uh Iron Man story from Warren Ellis like you just knew like it just seemed like okay they're really going all out they're taking one of they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like, I think they're really going to do, uh, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what when everybody else saw, you know, uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion. But I saw it in that first trailer. And I will I say to this day, that first Iron Man 3 teaser that was released in October of 2012 is still one of Marvel's best trailers. I think it's still one of the absolute yeah. best trailers. I remember just thinking, I mean, trailer reactions weren't really a thing back then, but if they were, like people would, you would have just seen so many people on YouTube just being like, holy shit, with the way, with that <laughs> attack on Tony Stark's mansion. And then, of course, like, and the Mandarin sounded so cool in that. Like, with the oh, whole, God, he looked awesome. Like, yeah. Heroes, there's no such thing. Boom! It's oh. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my god. So I just remember, yeah, like in the wake of the, with all that momentum from the Avengers and the Mandarin coming in and Extremis and then just an incredible first teaser trailer. Yeah, we, I mean, we were still several months out from Iron Man 3, but I was amped up. Yeah, the tr- I, I totally agree with you. Um, when I heard Ben Kingsley was was uh, cast as the Mandarin, I was I was like, huh. They're going obviously a different direction than people who, you know, obviously the Mandarin is, is Asian descent, obviously. Um, but there was, um, they're going to go with more of a, a, a terrorist, uh, you know, kind of a angle. And also they wanted to have him kind of represent like kind of a, you know, the, a, a different, I forgot the, the main reason why he, he chose the name Mandarin, but I, I, I remember thinking like, that oh, makes sense. It was it was rooted like he was named himself after some, you know, uh, something like along those lines. I forgot what it was, but I remember being like, okay, this is different. Ben Kingsley is obviously a great actor. Um, this is interesting. This is cool. And the terrorist, the terrorist aspect I really thought was interesting because you had all these different things like, um, the armor, uh, or not the armor, but the, uh, the fact you had this idea of this man who represented, uh, anarchy. Cause there was that, he has that tattoo, on the back of his neck of the Captain America shield and the anarchy a symbol in the middle, instead of like a regular or instead of a star, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And I really thought, Oh man, like they're going, they're going at it. I this, you know, what would happen, you know, as a, uh, you know, kind of like the dark Knight, if you will. Right. Like the Joker was the answer to Batman. I felt like they were going with the, you know, what, here's the answer to Iron Man, like in superheroes is, hey, this guy is a uh, terrorist. He's going to want to strike these these heroes, you know, and strike the heart of what makes them, you know, what, 
basically strike them when he, when they couldn't find him. So that terrorist angle really got me intrigued and like I'm like man that makes Mandarin even more like to me menacing and interesting as a terrorist opposed to like a guy with magic rings, you know. And so I I love that aspect of it. The trailer definitely sold you at least in my opinion. That's what we felt. That's what I felt like we were getting. And I got really excited for a, a little more of a deep, a deeper understanding of, of uh, a little deeper Iron Man film, if you will. And I was like, oh, they're going, they're kind of going for more of a serious aspect with this. And I think that's cool. And, and so the trailer got me really excited because he had multiple ar- armors, which I, you know, one of my favorite comics uh, to read as a kid was Iron Man 300. And it's the issue where, it's a, it's like in the mid nineties and basically Iron Man is taking on Metallo Metallo. I think, I think it's his name. Oh, Ultimo. That's it. Uh, that's uh, Metallo is a Superman yeah. villain. No, Ultimo is his name. He's this big giant robot. And he, and he basically hit all like people like happy. I think happy's in it. Uh, they all, a bunch of people get into armor and they all try to fight. Mat- uh, I'm going to call him again. Ultimo. And then, um, then he, you know, they all get these old Iron Man armor and they all attack, you know, Ultimo. And I, there's a scene where you see all the Iron Man, you know, fly together. And I got really excited. I'm like, man, this is going to be just a really crazy, nutty, like, you know, movie, Iron Man movie with a little bit of serious, you know, uh, tint to it. So I got really excited. And like you, I, I definitely haven't watched the trailer in a long time, but I definitely got very, very excited. Yeah. And then, of course, there was I don't remember if this was in the teaser or if it was in the second trailer. I think it was still in the teaser of like all the different armors showing up. Um, yeah. Like I remember just being totally totally up for that. I, I was never as big on the whole like iron Patriot thing. Cause I was like, man, we just saw war machine. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That I, was weird. I, was not, you know? I mean, I look within the narrative of the movie, it ultimately made sense. So it's like, it's okay. But I just like from a, from a marketing standpoint, like just in the build up to it, I wasn't as excited about that idea because I was like, we only just got war machine, like full blown war machine uh, in the last bit of Iron Man two. So I wanted to see, I wanted to see more of that. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was crazy that, that build up to Iron Man three. Yeah. Tonally, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're, they're still dancing around the big one. And mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin, about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Um, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the uh, in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a, a character like the Mandarin I mean he could have played anybody in the comic book genre well I mean not anybody I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America but I mean there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge, 
I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the, uh, in at comic con 2012, they had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth. And I loved it. I was like, oh man, I love just the, re- the, the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth, right in the middle of the convention floor. Like, just rotating <laughs> and like I remember like mm. taking pictures of it like and taking video like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it because I was just like I don't know why this just seems really really cool to me um and another you know on the third movie you're thinking where are they going to go with this they're still dancing around the big one and mm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that. Um, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the, in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know, I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing lethal weapon, but I mean, he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with kiss, kiss, bang, bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about, uh, Shane Black coming in, and then yeah, finally when we were going to get the man, you know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're still dancing around the big one, and mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin, about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin oh, was around. This? The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings. That's right. The yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah. yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there you. in in Iron Man. I mean the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of okay, when is when are we finally gonna see the Mandarin? And and of course that became the thing with with Iron Man three. But but also we had a huge director change. Like we went from John Favreau being the guy for the first two and now we had Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like I would be all for that. Uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because you know I I had loved Shane Black. I mean obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about. Uh, Shane Black coming in and then yeah finally when we were going to get the Mandarin and not only were we were getting the Mandarin but he was being played by Ben Kingsley who's just amazing yep. um so I was like oh okay yeah now we're really really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know a, a you know on the third movie you're thinking where are they going to go with this they're still dancing around the big one and mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin 
about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So what? Yeah, is that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. The Mandarin was around. This. The Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic Con two thousand six. Oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But, but also we had a huge director change. Like, we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had... Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make. I mean, I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like, I would be all for that uh, because it's still just kind of. You know, on the third movie, you're thinking, where are they going to go with this? They're still dancing around the big one. And mm-hmm. I remember if John Favreau talking about the big one being the Mandarin, about getting around the fact this guy's got magic rings and all this stuff. Well, yeah, right? I mean, Favreau originally announced that Mandarin was going to be the villain of the first Iron Man film. So What? Yeah. Is that? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah the, Mandarin was around, the Mandarin was around since the very first Iron Man movie. Of course, I think that was back in like Comic-Con 2006, oh, that first right. one. The Ten um, Rings, that's right, the yeah, Ten Rings and, gang. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, Ten yeah, Rings yeah, were there in, in Iron Man. I mean, the, the idea of the Ten Rings as a terrorist organization, it had been introduced in Iron Man, so it was teased. It was just kind of this matter of, okay, when is when are we finally going to see the Mandarin? And, and, of course, that became the thing with, with Iron Man 3. But but also we had a huge director change. Like we went from Jon Favreau being the guy for the first two, and now we had Shane Black, which I was a little disappointed to lose Favreau, because, and I still am to this day. Like I still want Favreau to come back and make – I mean I, I would if Iron Man survives the next two Avengers movies, I would love for – uh, Favreau to come back and make an Iron Man four as like Downey's like swan song. If he's really going to start like wrapping it up, if he can somehow survive the next two movies and like Favreau and Downey wrap it up together, I would be like I would be all for that uh, because it still just kind of stinks that like Iron Man two is where it left off for Favreau in the uh, in the MCU. But I was also kind of excited about Shane Black coming in because. You know, I, I had loved Shane Black. I mean, obviously writing Lethal Weapon, but I mean, he had just worked with Downey not that long ago before Downey came into the MCU for Iron Man with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which Shane Black directed. So I was a big fan of Shane Black. So even though I was disappointed to lose Favreau, I was excited about uh, Shane Black coming in. And then, yeah, finally, when we were going to get the Mandarin, and not only were we were getting the Mandarin, but he was being played by Ben Kingsley, who's just amazing. Yep. Um and so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, now we're really, really doing it because we got Ben Kingsley to come in and play the Mandarin. I couldn't believe that Ben Kingsley had even signed on to play a, you know, a, a, a character like the Mandarin. I mean, he could have played anybody in the comic book genre. Well, I mean, not anybody. I don't think Ben Kingsley would have made the greatest Captain America. But, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, characters in the world of comic books that he could have played at any point uh, before that or instead of uh, the Mandarin. So that was a huge... I, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the you mentioned the armor. Like I remember seeing they had the uh, in at Comic Con 2012. They had the Mark 42 armor on display at the Marvel mm-hmm. booth, and I loved it. I was like, oh man, I love just the re- the the reverse color scheme. I thought it looked great. Like it was just sitting on the Marvel stage at the Marvel booth, right in the middle of the convention floor, like just rotating <laughs> and like, I remember like mm. taking pictures of it, like and taking video, like as it was going around and then just keep going back and staring at it. Cause I was just like, I don't know why this just seems really, really cool to me. Um, and another thing that got teased that was really, really cool was the idea of extremis coming into it. Uh, because yes. obviously that being such a huge, uh, Iron Man story from Warren Ellis, like you just knew, like, it just seemed like, okay, they're really going all out. They're taking one of, they're taking Iron Man's most popular villain of all time as well as one of his most popular story arcs of all time. They're combining all of these things together uh, in a movie that's going to be directed by Shane Black. And I just thought, wow, like, I think they're really going to do, I thought they were really going to do something cool. And then I wasn't in Hall H that year, so I didn't get to see what, when everybody else saw, you know, 
uh, the Mandarin tearing into Tony Stark's mansion, but I saw it in that first trailer. And I will, I say to this day, that first Iron Man three teaser that was released in October of 2012 is still one of Marvel's best trailers. I think it's still one of the absolute best trailers. I remember just thinking, I mean, trailer reactions weren't really a thing back then, but if they were like people, you would have just seen so many people on YouTube just being like, holy shit with the way with that attack on Tony Stark's mansion. And then of course like in the Mandarin sounded so cool in that like with the Oh whole, god, he looked awesome. Like, yeah. Heroes, there's no such thing. Boom. Oh. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. my god. So I just remember yeah, like in the wake of the with all that momentum from the Avengers and the Mandarin coming in and Extremis and then just an incredible first teaser trailer. Yeah, we I mean we were still several months out from Iron Man 3, but I was amped up. Yeah, the tr- I, I totally agree with you. Um, when I heard Ben Kingsley was was uh, cast as the Mandarin, I was I was like, huh? They're going in obviously a different direction than people who you know. Obviously, the Mandarin is, is Asian descent, obviously. Um, but there was um, they're going to go with more of a, a, a terrorist, uh, you know, kind of a angle, and also they wanted to have him kind of represent like kind of a. You know the a, a different. I forgot the, the main reason why he he chose the name Mandarin, but I I, I remember thinking like that oh, makes sense. It was it, it was rooted like he was named himself after some you know uh, something like along those lines. I forgot what it was, but I remember being like, okay, this is different. Ben Kingsley is obviously a great actor. Um, this is interesting. This is cool. And the terrorist the terrorist aspect I really thought was interesting because you had all these different things like. Um, the armor, uh, or not the armor, but the uh, the fact he had this idea of this man who represented uh, anarchy because there was that he has that tattoo on the back of his neck of the Captain America shield and the anarchy A symbol in the middle instead of like a regular or instead of a star, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And I really thought, oh man, like they're going they're going at it. A di- this you know what would happen you know a- as a uh, you know, kind of like the Dark Knight, if you will, right? Like the Joker was the answer to Batman. I felt like they were going with the, you know, what, here is the answer to Iron Man, like in superheroes, is hey, this guy is a uh, terrorist. He's gonna want to strike these these heroes, you know, and strike the heart of what makes them, you know, basically strike them when he, when they couldn't find him. So that terrorist angle really got me, 